Hey, y'all. I know what you're thinking. Oh, my God. Not another podcast. And I agree. You know, I'm typically that person that doesn't listen to podcasts either. But my name is Will Johnson, and I'm here to bring something a little different for you. This is the At Homish podcast, creating spaces where we belong. Welcome to the At Homish podcast, creating spaces where we belong. I'm going to give you a little little heads up here. This podcast episode might be just a little bit longer than typical because I have a special guest with me today. <laughs> and, and when we get together and talk, it's always a good time. So uh, I want to uh, introduce you to Mike Simmons. If you could just take a moment and tell a little bit about yourself and we, we can jump in today's episode. So thanks, Will, for the invite. I know we've talked about the podcast for a little bit now. Yes. And uh, so glad to be here uh, <laughs> on this President's Day, if yes. you will, here in Snohomish, on First Street, of course. <laughs> a little bit about Mike Simmons. Wow. First and foremost, man of God, mm-hmm. father of two daughters, mm-hmm. Lauren and Rachel. Rachel to be married this Saturday. Yes. So it's an extremely exciting time. Mm-hmm. My current role is at the University of Washington Housing and Food Services mm-hmm. as their director of HR and DEI. Right. And it's been almost a year. Prior to that, spent... 21 years at Boeing and HR, various roles. Alongside that, 11 years um, school board in mm-hmm. Mucotillo. Right. Three or four of those as a board president through the Rodney King scenario, if you will, the Two Killing Mockingbird scenario, mm-hmm. if you will, mm-hmm. new superintendent search. Right. And of course, leaning right into COVID. Mm-hmm. In between Boeing and University of Washington, I spent four years at Seattle Public Schools doing all their hiring. All right. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the programs that I had responsibility down there for was to try to diversify the teacher workforce. Mm-hmm. So there's a, a number of things that I've been able to be involved in. Right, right. Uh, but the common thing with all of those, both personally and professionally, is the relationship is primary. Mm-hmm. And that is my my mantra. And, and then, of course, it always comes back to my daughters, Lauren and Rachel, mm-hmm. who are Commonly referred to as my pride and joys. Yeah. But that's Mike Simmons. Thank you so much for sharing. And I think sometimes, you know, we get in these settings and the, the interviewer might be like, well, what do you do? And and what you what we do doesn't really talk about who we actually are, you know. So I, I appreciate you starting off with being a man of God and talking about your family. And, and you've had a pretty interesting journey when we talk about your your different professional roles, too. And uh, I, I just always feel that when we interact with each other that. You know, we've been on a similar pathway, similar visions, where relationships are at the center of what we do. And I, I recall being newer to Muckleteo mm-hmm. four years ago. And I, I think I've told you this a couple of times when I was down in Tequila mm-hmm. and told my colleagues that I was going to go to Edmonds. My my white colleagues was like, oh, yeah, Edmonds, that's going to be great. Mm-hmm. You're going to love it. And my my uh, people of color were like, dude, why are you going to Edmonds? <laughs> you know, And I'm like, OK, what, what am I going to expect up there? But then to move up to this area and see people like you in leadership roles, like you're saying, you were the president of the school board. I'm like, wow, that's 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 awesome. <laughs> and so I remember when I reached out to you, you responded immediately and we met and had coffee. And it was just it's just been a good relationship since then. You know, I, I, I think relationship is primary is across the board mm-hmm. and not just relationship for those that look like me, but right. across the board. But we do have this duty, if you will, to continue to 
uh, I won't even say open doors, but continue to nurture relationships when you don't need something. Mm-hmm. Therefore, when you do need something, it's not you only come to me when you need something. Right. And so how do you bring people together? And uh, as I sometimes say, I just put people together and get out of the way. <laughs> and that's really you just facilitate the relationships regardless of the topic. I think the other thing, too, is just you really have to prioritize what's most important. One of my favorite words is joy. Mm. I try to find my joy every day. Mm-hmm. And as the saying goes, some people bring joy by coming and some bring joy by going. Yeah. And most people's job is to figure out which is which. Mm-hmm. But nine times out of 10, it's any inter- interaction with people is always going to bring me some joy. Mm-hmm. And the COVID thing was was not easy because we were apart. Right. But uh, at the same time, for good reasons. But still, the movement now back to the office is the best thing, I think. Mm-hmm. Although many are anti go back to the office, right. but there is no substitute for face to face interaction, mm-hmm. so true. whether it's uh, church, work, podcast, so forth and so on. There's mm-hmm. absolutely never will be a substitute for face to face. And right. uh, not sure anybody can convince me otherwise. Mm, I love that. Yeah. And uh, I have to say, when we talk about, you know, those things that, that bring us together and showing up in the same space, I'm, I'm digging the sweatshirt you got on. <laughs> uh, what was it a couple weeks ago or was it just last week but anyway when we had uh dinner and yeah. the guy comes over and he's like uh are you guys brothers yeah because you know when we talk yeah. about creating spaces of belonging and building relationships it's not just about people who look like us it's it's what everybody we interact with you know how do, how do we really create those spaces so that leads me kind of into my, one of my first questions that i have here well how, how do you work to create a sense of belonging uh, in your life? Well, I think every day is really about belonging, right? Mm. It gets back to relationships. One of the more immediate examples, uh, I got this cup of coffee across the street. Oh, mm-hmm. I'm not going to go in the risk of giving someone some free air time, but <laughs> young lady over there, she says, what is at homish? Oh. And I said, okay, this is an opportunity, right? Mm-hmm. And when I left, she says, I'm going to look into that and find out what mm. that's all about. That's awesome. Wow. So here again is the relationship, not mm. necessarily with her, because I've never met her, right. but she needs to know what this is. Yes. So I'd invite you to go. I mm. think her name is Alice. I can't remember. Okay. But in any right. event, as far as creating belonging, there's just so many different ways of how we show up. Right. I'll give you two in particular. I just mentioned to you that I was part of a search over the weekend down at Cedarbrook, which is where it was. And in the cafeteria area, there was a gentleman there, and he's there doing his work. Mm -hmm. He's just doing his work. And I always figure out, how do you find out the name of the wait staff? Mm. Because oftentimes they are invisible to people. So his name's Jimmy. Uh And so I got to know Jimmy for three days. Jimmy this. Jimmy come over and say, Mike, can I get this for you? Can I get this for you? Everything was fine. Mm -hmm. And uh, at the end of the day, uh, when we were leaving, you know, we took up a collection for the wait staff. And so you contribute to that. I said, but I got to go find Jimmy. I need to personally do that for him. Mm -hmm. And so if I'm ever back down at Cedarbrook, I know where to find Jimmy. Yeah. Give you another example. There's a restaurant downtown breakfast place. Uh And I'll just say it, Portage Bay and Mm -hmm. uh, South Lake Union. And there's a waiter named Henry. Okay. 
Henry's my guy, and I've only met Henry twice, but he's been overly gracious and everything like that. Mm -hmm. And so I was there with just two people. Then I was there with 10 people. I specifically need to sit in Henry's place. Mm -hmm. But the point is, how do you engage beyond sir and ma'am? Right. It's, okay, what's your name? Because mm -hmm. automatically when someone asks a person's name, you've automatically removed mm -hmm. the curtain. Right. You remove the curtain of waiter, customer, then you've just developed a relationship. Mm -hmm. So I've been accused of wherever I go, I'm going to be having a conversation. <laughs> but that, that, that goes back to my uncle and best friend who's a retired Episcopal priest. Mm -hmm. And moving with him at 15 and just watching him. Now, by no means am I becoming a priest. Let's be clear about that. <laughs> but his engagement with people, and I learned a long time ago that he would say, you just want to leave people well. Mm -hmm. So how do you leave people well? You engage, you stop, mm -hmm. and you think. Mm. And to that extent, that's just what I do. That's, and uh, wow. But leaving people well is... I mean, that's mm -hmm. that old saying, there's no neutral engagements, right? Yeah. I mean, we can just take Beatrice upstairs. That's the four-legged person upstairs. <laughs> we got to know each other. I have her pictures, and I've already sent no. her pictures to my daughter. <laughs> you know, so so, yeah, so, it's, so yeah. the relationship thing mm -hmm. and, and belonging, the whole nine yards, is right. it's really the the culture of belonging is the, really the outcome. Mm -hmm. As you know, we talk about DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion. Mm -hmm. But in the end, we want to create this climate mm -hmm. where everyone feels like they belong. Right. So when we do surveys or whatever, we're really testing, does this person feel like they belong? Mm -hmm. And from a work standpoint, you know, the ultimate question on a lot of surveys for me is that all things being equal, if you could go work somewhere else, mm -hmm. total compensation, same distance from work, would you still work here? Mm. Is there something that says you would still work here. That's powerful. That's the $10 million question. We mm -hmm. make it complex. Yeah. And we often make sausage. It doesn't have to be that way. <laughs> you know, it's those really, really things that are asking the question, do you have a friend at work? Mm -hmm. It's a tough question. Right. Because oftentimes people have to go to work. True. But when you get to go to work, mm -hmm. it's there's a big difference. Right. So the belonging thing is just, you just work on not only your craft, but your people craft of mm -hmm. relationships, it could be as simple as good morning mm, yeah, or how was your weekend Absolutely, or getting to know your seatmates, mm -hmm. kids, family, yeah. same thing on airplanes. Mm -hmm. You know, you're going to be with that person next to you for three mm -hmm. or four hours. Right. And oftentimes we all just want to be left alone, mm -hmm. but nine times out of 10, I'm going to have a conversation. <laughs> and, uh, but in any event, I mean, back to your question though, the belonging thing is it's, it comes natural to some mm -hmm. and it's hard to others, but it's, it's in many cases, it's just kind of in the blood. Yeah. My daughters, I, I, I tell people, I just want them to be good souls, mm -hmm. good mm -hmm. souls, meaning that they appreciate relationships, they engage and they're just warm. Mm -hmm. As a result of that, I think at least for myself, uh, it kind of creates an inviting atmosphere wherever you're at. And, I just do. Yeah. But, you know, I feel that really just just resonates with who you are, because anytime we've been somewhere together, um, <laughs> I feel like I'm with a celebrity because <laughs> people people are constantly like, 
oh hey mike or, or they're like waving slyly like i don't want to take you away from who you're talking with but mm. like hey i see you <laughs> well you know it just kind of happens yeah um yeah i certainly don't run from it mm-hmm. there are a lot of things that we have to think and prioritize in our lives for sure and one thing i've learned is that if people think enough of you to ask for number one your perspective your mm. opinion or your time mm-hmm you owe it to them to ha- take serious consideration if you really, really have time to do it. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, they would not ask. But, you know, I, I, I'm a big believer that many relationships are reciprocal mm. and it comes around in different ways. Right. So it just it, it kind of manifests itself, especially around the holidays. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, there's an organization that uh, a friend of mine who's an engineer at Boeing and he takes it upon himself to put together care packages for the homeless. Oh, wow. And he's done it for years. Mm-hmm. And he says, Mike, what can you do? I says, what do you need? And one year it was socks. Mm-hmm. I said, okay, well, I'll go do the socks. So I send a note out to a number of people, mm-hmm. maybe 20 people, and said, here's what we need. My garage gets flooded with socks. Mm-hmm. And many people, they're not going to say, no, I don't yeah. ask. I just say, here's what I need. Yeah. And, yeah. But it's the relationship mm-hmm. that happens, or it's water. Mm-hmm. Now, water is much heavier than socks, so you got to be careful because you've carried right. a lot of cases of water. But it's really where people, it's that relationship that I've built up. It's a trusting thing, mm-hmm. and and that's what happens. And this past two holidays, there's been 10, maybe 12 families. Mm-hmm. Hey, here's the list for this family, and here's the date. And people just go by, right. and they drop it off so my garage looks like the North Pole. I get it. But here again, it's a relationship mm-hmm. and it's really nurturing that when I don't need something, mm-hmm. which is what allows me to go to them and say, here's what I need. So it's just, it just, you just do what's right. Right. You know, I mean, we make, we can use all the big words, but if you just do what's right, things come back tenfold. Mm-hmm. Karma has its way, the good and the bad and the ugly. Absolutely. But, uh, you know, you just want to. Not only leave people well, but you want to leave things well, leave relationships well. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't have a PhD in it, but I think I'm pretty good at it. <laughs> so. Yeah, you, you are. I can absolutely attest to that. Yeah, and I, I think back to when I, when I used to coach football, one of our, our head coach, he would always say to, to our players when we're in the opposing team's locker room or even out on our own field, like, leave it better than you found it. Mm-hmm. And so maybe maybe you you're in a space where things don't look that great. You know, maybe someone left a mess from before, but leave it better. How how do you want it to be when you're in that space? So sometimes you're you're cleaning up after other people. Sometimes you're putting in that effort, extra effort, but really really being mindful of of the spaces that we're in and the people we're around. A couple of years ago, I actually adopted my personal mantra of I want every person to be better for our interaction, mm-hmm. you know, because I, I, I look at it like the, the opposite would be everybody I encounter being worse. And it's like, like who, who, who wants that? Yeah. yeah. You know? Well, there, there, there certainly is no neutral mm-hmm. engagements, right? Mm-hmm. One way or another, mm-hmm. you, you've moved the needle. Right. Right. And it's, it's our engagements. And if we take the topic of, let's just say diversity. Mm hmm. Oftentimes people will say, oh, flip the switch. I'm, I'm, I, I get it. Mm-hmm. Well, that's okay. But I tend to look at it as a dimmer, mm. right? Our engagements, 
whether it be here in Snohomish, in Seattle, Muckleteal, it's going to move your diversity switch one way or another. Mm -hmm. But I don't know that it's ever fully on or fully off. Mm -hmm. The question is, are you willing to allow that to move back and forth by mm -hmm. your engagements? And mm -hmm. uh, it's when you get stagnant, it's when Ooh. it creates a problem. And Preach. so <laughs> I think uh, I think we just have to move that dimmer switch every now and then, mm -hmm. you know, across the street. I, chances are they're probably, hmm, I have no idea. There's just the fact that she asked mm -hmm. was a big deal for yeah. me. Yeah. And so, so I think there's no such thing as the light switch went on. Mm -hmm. It just got a little brighter for somebody. Right. And I think we have to take advantage of our engagements for those things to happen mm -hmm. as opposed to running from them. And now I happen to believe there's a nice way to engage at all times. Mm -hmm. I choose not to be the boisterous type. Mm -hmm. I've also believe that if there's an interaction uh, in a setting, it may mean that me and that person are going to have a one-on-one -on -one diversity lesson. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be very public. Right. But... Do I owe it to that person? Do I care enough about that person mm -hmm. to share with them how it made either me or someone else feel? Mm -hmm. And that person can learn from it so that they're in that setting again, mm -hmm. that they do better. Right. You have to encourage people to just do better. Mm -hmm. It's when they choose not to, when it can sometimes manifest yeah. itself into a problem or that relationship gets a little strained. Mm -hmm. As I said, some people bring joy by coming, some bring joy by going. Right. And there's only so much you can do, mm -hmm. but you have to at least make an effort. Yeah. So one of the things I appreciate you saying about uh, having a conversation with somebody, you know, if something lands wrong that they say or that they did, I feel like a lot of times there's this idea about, oh, we have great relationships and people just try to keep it in that realm of keeping it positive. So we, we don't call people on the carpet, so to say, uh -huh. when things uh, land with us the wrong way. But you know, circling back to what we were saying about relationships, even the the better relationship we have with someone, then we're able to navigate that space because I'm that type of person. I'm, I'm not loud and boisterous mm -hmm. either, mm -hmm. even though I got pretty loud when I was in the military and coaching mm -hmm. at times. But but it's like I, I really want to be able to engage people in a conversation and like we're saying, move the needle. And so if something happens in a public moment, I'm not going to call that person out in public. Mm -hmm. I'll call them in in private, you yeah. know, and just kind of, you know, rehash, you know, what, what I was feeling, what we were thinking, what was going on and the possible impacts of that. Well, and then we, we owe them that. Mm -hmm. Now, that person may choose to go back in that public setting and try to write mm -hmm. whatever misunderstood standing it was. Right. I applaud them if they do. I don't mm -hmm. hold it against them if they don't. You know, asking the tough questions of that person mm -hmm. and setting the expectations that that person has of him or herself, mm -hmm. I think, is the most important thing. So true. And, and and you'd be surprised how much the relationship grows after that mm -hmm. because they will call you when they get stuck mm -hmm. and they'll ask for help. Right, right. So it's always a work in progress. Yeah. So so going, going back on a couple of things that I've, I've picked up in this conversation so far, I, I really try to to leave people with some some tips or tools that they mm -hmm. can use because some people look at this work and think, you know, I don't know what to say. I don't want to say the wrong thing. Do I even have a voice in this work? But I mean, you talked about just knowing someone's name. You talked about just saying hello. And you talked about just having those relationships and helping people to grow, bringing things to their attention that they might not be aware of. 
and and those are those things those are things I feel that are pretty simple that we that we can do. Well, it yes, simple. <laughs> but I think oftentimes it comes down am I willing to take the time mm. to engage and have that discussion with that person because right. we're all busy. Let's be clear. We this are is all true. busy. We have those things, those slow uh, mm-hmm. you know, phones and everything else. <laughs> But to the extent that we can suspend what we're doing mm. when we're having this, mm-hmm. you know, that's goodness. You right. know, can, am I 100 percent there for that person? Mm-hmm. And don't get me wrong. It is hard, but it's like clearing your desk. You're the most important thing in front of me at this time. Mm-hmm. So let's have that 10 minute discussion. Yeah. And those things go a long way. Right. A bottle of water. If you look at that, mm-hmm. that's your energy every day. Mm. And you, you're trying to get towards the end of your day and that water's gone. Then you have to replenish mm-hmm. by rest whatever. But I try not to waste a drop. Mm-hmm. That's not to say that every day there's something that gets, gets wasted time-wise. Yeah. But I try to guard it and really make it count mm-hmm. to when I get to the end of the day. Have I, have I been able to impact the lives of others, whether it be one-on-one, uh, whether it be in the store asking a person, how are you doing? Perfect example. A young lady at QFC in Mukilteo. Mm-hmm. I had this coin. It said, kindness is contagious. Oh, mm-hmm. I don't know where I got it, but I gave it to her one day. Okay. Just as she deserved it. Yeah. That was four years ago. Mm-hmm. And every day I go in there, she says, Michael, kindness is contagious. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, mm-hmm. okay, I, that was not my intent. Right. But that's what she knows. Mm-hmm. And so it's just sometimes it's the <laughs> smallest things that, that, that input mm-hmm. impact people or my board school board role as board president. The whole object was to make those that come before us to feel comfortable because it's nerve wracking when mm-hmm. you got the school board, they're elected and they have to come speak. The whole idea is how do you make people feel comfortable right. so they can say they had a good experience or follow it up with a note. Mm-hmm. And yes, it takes time, but. 10 minutes time drafting an email to a guest goes a long way. Mm. So yeah. it's just, it's sometimes it's those small things. And my handwriting's the worst. Every now and then I'll send a card. <laughs> but it just, it just, people remember that. Right. Or I'll run into a teacher because I think most people know the school board. Everybody reports to the school board. Mm-hmm. And there's no way I can know all the teachers. Right. But what I can do is if I run into X teacher at X location, Red Cup, Otherwise, mm-hmm. I will make a mental note, probably have to write it down, but I will send that person an email note. It was mm-hmm. nice to meet you. Thanks for what you do in the classroom. Mm-hmm. People remember that. For sure. So how do you yeah. drive that? Because at some point you'll want to lean on that relationship for some help or something. Mm-hmm. But how do you cease the opportunity? And it costs you nothing but about 10 minutes doing right. an email. And you copy in the superintendent. So now this person knows. Mm-hmm. So you connect the dots. Mm-hmm. So, but it's here again, it comes back to relationships. Right. Yeah. So, so I add that to the list too. I have a pause for the people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's right. Pause for the people. Love it. Love it. Um, a question that came up because you, you talked about being on the school board. How'd you end up on the school board? How'd I end up on the school board? Yeah. Well, let's see. I turned 60 last August. Okay. I've been without parents since the age of 15. Mm. And my mother was a special ed teacher. Okay. So I believe my compassion is in my blood mm-hmm. because of her. Fast forward to moving with my uncle, who I mentioned. And when I moved in with him in June of 79, 
he was on the LA Unified School Board. Okay. And that's a whole different level. He had right. a car in 79. Mm-hmm. He had a phone in his car, rotary dial phone. Oh, wow. But I just knew he had something to do with education. And his wife, my mother's sister, was mm-hmm. an administrator in the district. Okay. And so I'm, I'm watching this. But as time goes, fast forward, now you have kids. I can recall my oldest, Lauren, graduating from Kamiac. Mm-hmm. I can recall vividly of seeing her walk across the stage, mm-hmm. but also seeing all the other people sitting on the stage. And and it, it was not a bad thing. It's just I just noticed there was no one that looked like me on oh. the stage. I just said, OK. And I did not set out to go do X, mm-hmm. but I was very involved in both all my kids' education, elementary on up. And all involved means present, right. being present in classrooms. And the person before me ran into him at a store and he says, I'm going to be stepping down. I think you'd be a good person to run. Mm-hmm. And so just thought through it. And so it happened. Okay. And my initial take was, OK, I'll do this one term and I'm done. <laughs> uh, and that was my initial take. Right. But my own commitment to myself after about halfway through was to really, I'll say, stem the perspective of a minority Mm-hmm. on the school board because of the number of students, which is more than half uh, mm-hmm. non-white students. Right. And at that particular time, there was no one else that was really interested. Mm-hmm. And so I found myself on three terms. Okay. But once on the school board, you're only one of five, but you're mm-hmm. really faced with the challenge of how do you move people? How do you move a wave? How do you drive diversity? How do you drive equity? How do you really drive this different perspective mm-hmm. in learning? And, you know, that just became the cause, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So that's how I got there. And it was 11 of the most joyous years mm-hmm. that I spent. And I, I guess, it, you know, once on the school board, Mukherjee, you're always known for being on the school board. Right. And we went certainly through some, some tough times, mm-hmm. but that comes with the territory. And if you're willing to step up and out and sometimes take an unpopular position, that mm-hmm. comes with the territory. But right. all people want is honesty and the truth. Mm. Mm-hmm. And if you stick with that, chances are things will work themselves out, <laughs> whether it be through contract negotiations, George Floyd, mm-hmm. To Kill a Mockingbird, COVID, the fire at Endeavor, uh-huh. your phone rings, whether you're on the school board or not. Yeah. And I've never not taken a phone call. Mm-hmm. Or if I'm at QFC, I know I need to allow extra time mm-hmm. because if people want to talk, you owe that to them. Mm-hmm. That just comes with the territory. Oh. Uh-huh. If I had to rate it on the school scale, I'd give it an A every time. Mm-hmm. And the current superintendent and I still remain good friends. And, uh, you know, Dr. Burleson's doing a great job. That's awesome. Wow. Well, thank you so much for your service on the school board. And again, I, I appreciate when I, the first article I read about you and what you were doing is like, it sounds like somebody I need to know. So, Oh, <laughs> well, you know, the, 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 the monthly article was mm-hmm. uh, an interesting mm-hmm. thing. I don't know, maybe it started with me, but I said, oh, let's just, what are the key topics? Because I'm not sure people really fully know what school board is all about until, right. they, until they vote. Then mm-hmm. they have to vote on something. They see signs and all that. But mm-hmm. I think any opportunity we get a chance to communicate and share mm-hmm. is goodness. And it needs to be timely. Right. Whether it be, I made a statement right after the George Floyd thing. It was a school board read statement, but all of a sudden the Herald wants to print it. I'm fine. Mm-hmm. It's open and public. Right. And then we had the, uh, certainly the Kill a Mockingbird, certainly DEI. Yeah, remember that. 
then the thing right after George Floyd was around SROs, school resource mm-hmm, officers. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there was the whole topic behind defund the police. Right. But school resource officers is a little different. And I was not a fan of defund the police. But mm-hmm. in any event, school resource officers are part of school leadership. Right. You know, they are there for a reason. Mm-hmm. And so while across the country there was this big hullabaloo about it, and I was very clear in an article that in Muckleton, our school resource officers play a viable role. Mm-hmm. And in not so many words, we're not getting rid of them mm-hmm. in the discussion. Move on. Mm-hmm. So and that generated a, a call and a request for coffee from the police chief, okay. which was fine. Right. You know, yeah, but of course. I, I think there are times when you have to step out on what you believe. Mm-hmm. And if it costs you something, then it does. But I have no regrets writing that article. Mm-hmm. whatsoever. But that came with the territory. Yeah. Right. Or I could shrivel up and school board say, oh, that's not education. Well, it is education because mm-hmm. the safety of our students is number one. Absolutely. But one of the things I appreciate that what you're saying, what you believe and standing by that, I think a lot of that is, you know, deeply rooted in inclusion. Mm-hmm. Because when we talk, when I talk with people about inclusion, I often reference it, the space of what are the spaces where our voices are either amplified or silenced? Uh-huh. And, and it's like to, to be in a space where you, you you can share your voice and stay by it and it be your authentic voice is, is, a, is a powerful place to be. I can only be me. Right. right? I can't be, yes. you know, Mike Simmons that works here and then outside of work, Mike Simmons, someone else. That's mm-hmm. really, really hard. And I understand mm-hmm. people do that. It's just much easier for me to just, mm-hmm. I'll use the word, speak my truth right. regardless. And when people ask, they can bet they're going to get the varnish, varnish <laughs> truth. But, you know, right. I, I think, yes, there are going to be school boards across the country, and we've all mm-hmm. seen them, mm-hmm. where I'll say they oftentimes people want to lean in too much. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes that leaning in is really because, in some cases, board members have an aspiration for something different. Mm-hmm. And the board membership is a stepping stone. I never saw it that way because I have no aspiration for any other office. Mm-hmm. But my my litmus test always as a board member and to this day is whatever's before us, what does it mean to the teacher and the student? If we can answer that question, mm-hmm. then I question why it's on the agenda or why we're even talking about it. Because at the end of the day, that's the most important relationship in the district. Mm-hmm. It's the teacher and the student. The other leg of that stool is the parent. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it, back in 2011, when I ran, I said that same thing. And I still say it to this day. Right. The teacher, the student, and the parent. Mm-hmm. You know, yes, we have principal. That's important. Superintendent's important. Mm-hmm. But that relationship of those three. Right. I asked somebody the other day, who's the principal's name of your kid's school? They didn't know. Mm-hmm. What's the teacher's name? They know the teacher's name. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. I can name every one of my elementary school teachers, period. Yeah. And I named it for mm-hmm. it's some welcome thing. But it's those relationships that students remember mm-hmm. and the most important ones. So, but that's, again, that's Mike Simmons. Yeah, yeah. I'm right there with you at being able to name all my elementary teachers, mm-hmm. too. Yes, some of my high school teachers. I, we didn't have a middle school in my community mm-hmm. when I was mm-hmm. growing up. Yeah, it's the teachers, teachers are so important. I'm glad... For my time uh, in the classroom as a special ed teacher and uh-huh. having that experience, and I feel it really helps me now in how I work with teachers uh-huh. and parents and students, and it's just a great relationship to have. One thing I want to highlight real quick, though, because you mentioned some some challenges and uh-huh. different things you had to work through, 
was there a time in any of your roles or just in life in general where perhaps you felt like you didn't belong or you 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 weren't included in something i can't remember off the top of my head but but i will tell you when i lost my mother mm. in december of 78 mm-hmm. i went through this phase and i wouldn't call it a dark phase but it was this phase where i would look at other kids and they had their parents and mm-hmm. i didn't and i remember that like it was yesterday but you know you fast forward and you you move on mm-hmm. and so when I think about kids who have either lost a parent or for some reason they're not with their parents, you know, those are the things I think about my own experiences. Right. There's an organization called Safe Crossings Foundation, mm-hmm. and I'm not on their board because I don't have time, mm-hmm. but I make myself available as they ask. And they are specifically there to aid providing services mm-hmm. when there are kids who have lost a parent. Mm-hmm. And are working through finding their way, so to speak, right, right. before they get to where they really have to find their way. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I was introduced to that organization by someone in my church, and I found it fascinating, some of the things they do. Mm-hmm. They had their luncheon maybe six, seven months ago, and the speaker at the function was Mayor Harold's wife. Oh, okay. She was one of those kids. Most oh, people wouldn't know that. Right. But- if anyone gets a chance to look up her story mm-hmm. or how she was, she sat through a Q&A as part of the speaker. Mm-hmm. And it's just fascinating of things that are provided to folks. And this is long before anybody knew who she was. Mm-hmm. But she has obviously done quite well with yeah. or without the mayor. She's she's done well right. in her own yeah. way. But, and so to answer your question, I think that was th- the toughest time. Mm-hmm. But uh, And it stays with you. Mm-hmm. And so how do you pay it forward to help those that mm-hmm. might fall in that same position mm-hmm. and reaching mm-hmm. out to not necessarily the family, but how can you support? And sometimes that's through the teacher. Right. And I think I think the world would be surprised what teachers, the role they play mm-hmm. beyond the educator role. Mm-hmm. No and doubt. It's uh, we can't even begin. That's a whole mm-hmm. different mm-hmm. podcast. The role that teachers play mm-hmm. and all the hats that they play whether it's Muckle Teal, Snohomish, Seattle, mm-hmm. uh, they play so many hats. And right. uh, I mean, that's the thing that that sticks out in terms of not belonging. Right, right. But there aren't too many spaces where I don't feel belonged, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's going to an event where I know any don't know anyone. Mm-hmm. I relish that because I'm going to come out of there knowing somebody. <laughs> and a lot of that's just personality. Right. But December 78 through June 79 was, mm-hmm. I'll call it finding my way. Yeah. Well, thank, thank you so much for sharing that. When I think about, you know, what, what I was hearing there, um, you know, and just talking about a lot of the resources that are available for, for folks. And I think I talked about it in an earlier podcast. If not, I'll restate it. The fact that belonging is something that's mutual, you know, because oftentimes you have organizations that want to create a space for belonging, which is important. Uh-huh. We do that. But then also as an individual, how are we now showing up? And engaging in that space because people can easily say, well, this this happened to me. This is what's going on in my life. I'm now going to withdraw. And so they're pulling away, even though the space is there. And so I think that's really powerful when we think about belonging that that we each have a role in that. I mean, you talked about inclusion, which is what we're kind of talking about. Um, Mm. Anytime we're excluding someone, Mm. it's usually a bad thing. 
I can't mm-hmm. figure out any reason why to exclude someone. Mm-hmm. And so our, our focus is on inclusion because we want to include everyone. But if anyone feels excluded, it might be a good idea to find out why. Because mm-hmm. if that barrier is either true or not true, we need to find out why and remove it. Yeah. You talk about you know, what's wrong with a person. And there's a difference between asking what's wrong with you or what happened to you. Mm-hmm. Made big, huge difference. Right. And the response will be accordingly. Mm-hmm. Because nine times out of 10, something has happened to X person mm-hmm. for them to feel X way. Right. And so if we're, if we just take an extra step and be very mindful and purposeful with our words, mm-hmm. and words can carry a ton of weight. Absolutely. Because granted, we want to resolve and help and remove barriers and mm-hmm. close gap. But how that relationship starts mm-hmm. in terms of that first question can really, really determine the direction that it's going. Mm-hmm. And I think we'd be surprised. Yeah. So I want to jump on something real quick. We were talking about ensuring that people aren't excluded. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to you recently about something that's been concerning to me that I've heard, you know, not only in within our school district, but I had another school district reach out to me and they're experiencing a similar thing. And it's something that I've, I've seen for years, you know, but students in school using the N-word, uh-huh. period. But then also when we talk about white students using the N-word, because uh-huh. uh, I would say that there's an exclusion. <laughs> but uh, can we can we talk a little bit about like the, the N-word in schools and like like what, what, what what's going on with that? Well, I, and let's be clear. It happens mm-hmm. at all levels, mm-hmm. not just the high school and the halls. All levels. It's middle school, elementary school. Mm-hmm. And the use, I just don't find any value in the use of the word in school, regardless of level. Yeah. None whatsoever. Yeah. And yes, it's used in books. Mm-hmm. Uh, I understand that piece, but I don't see any value in the use of it in any hall at any level. Mm-hmm. And there's a small word called accountability mm-hmm. that those that are old enough to be accountable, then they need to be held accountable. And sometimes that accountability is educating and making sure they understand Absolutely. why there is no valued use of the word there. Mm-hmm. When you think about the elementary school level. Mm-hmm. It happens. We know what happens. But nine times out of 10, kids are hearing it somewhere else. Right. They may have heard it and think it's okay. But I think we have this supreme duty to help them understand that it's wrong. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that duty extends beyond the student. It, it may extend to asking the parent to come in mm-hmm. and understanding. Now, it's a loaded word. Yes, a parent's going to be defensive. Mm-hmm. They didn't hear it at my the fact of the matter is your kid is using the word. Mm-hmm. And so how do we educate the parent, educate the kid? Because there needs to be a consequence of some sort. Now, elementary school, do we need to kick them out? Probably not. Right. But does there need to be some education? Perhaps a recess is missed. But there has to be something that comes along with that. Otherwise, it just, mm-hmm. you know, so what's the deterrent? Good question. And, and yeah. It's got to be deterrent with education. Because if you just say don't do that. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's because at some point in that kid's life, if they're not educated at this level, at some point in that kid's life, if that word is used, mm-hmm. it can get them harmed. Absolutely. So and that's yeah. the big picture of all. But I think there has to be some education around it. And as parents, white, black or otherwise, we need to be present. We need to understand. Mm-hmm. And chances are there's some more learning on our parts, too. You know, I, I can only speak from my own experience. My kid went through that at school. Now, 
Mm-hmm. Was Mike Simmons present after that? Absolutely. <laughs> was I ranting and raving? No. Right. But there needed to be a discussion. Mm-hmm. And void of that discussion, then things potentially could get worse. Now, I, I, everybody's not Mike Simmons. I get that piece. Right. But no, I just think we have to be really, really mindful. Mm-hmm. And the N word is not the only word that gets oh, used. No. Let's there's, be clear. I mean, yeah. there's no monopoly on just the there's one a, word. There's a list. There's, mm-hmm. there's a whole list. And, you know, as, as, as school leaders, mm-hmm. they're the CEOs of the building, the principals. Yes. You know, what is the tone that you're setting for your staff mm-hmm. and therefore students and therefore parents? And how do you be really, really clear on communicating what's acceptable and what isn't? Mm-hmm. And quite frankly, there is no gray. No. I don't know. I hope that helps a little bit. It, it does help. And uh, one of the things that I included in our framework for our district was speak up, where it's like if there's any type of language, not rap, rambling through all the different terms that there are, but if it's hateful, harmful, dehumanizes someone, why are we doing this? And then we work to educate on what it is, why it's wrong, and then work to move forward from there. But then also in the vein of having been a behavior interventionist, if we have an extinguishing of a behavior, you create a vacuum. And so now something else fills that void. And it goes back to kind of what you're saying, being a kid and seeking more positive things, you took it upon yourself to find something where these kids may be, well, I'm using this word to connect with my peers. I'm using this word because I think it's cool. When we talk about a replacement behavior, no. How can we now educate and empower our students with different language to use, different actions to use that can now create the connections they're seeking? Well, I, I just think there are a million other words you could use besides mm, that one. At least, yeah. To endear and mm-hmm. create relationships. Absolutely. And hug on relationships. To say there is no other word, I think a person that's selling themselves short. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think Anytime, any language that's used that devalues the humanity of anyone, mm-hmm. it's not good. No. And have you have you heard about, in some instances, uh, black students giving passes to other students to to, to use word, use the words? Um, not a lot, mm-hmm. other than you sharing it with me. Yeah. There's education to be done there too. Absolutely. And 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 so that students' parents probably mm-hmm. need to be educating first Mm -hmm. because what you're doing is setting that person up and uh, not everyone's going to see it that way. Mm -hmm. So why would we do that? To me, to me, it just doesn't make good sense. Mm -hmm. And and, and I'm going to make the leap. This past giving is probably at the middle school and the high school level. (laughs) Right. It just, Mm -hmm. it's not registering with me. No. Um, Yeah. But it's one of those things where I'd make the time to sit down Mm -hmm. with a group of students and say, help me with this. Mm-hmm. How can I help right. with perspective, so forth and so on? Yeah. Because we're easy to criticize, but are we willing to take the time to sit down and listen? Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's one of the things as not just as board members, but as community members mm-hmm. that we have to make it a priority. Absolutely. So important to listen. And, and I'll go back to what you were saying earlier about how that word has absolutely no value in the school setting. And I, I would even go as far as to say anywhere I mean, it, it is in our text. We hear it in music all the time. But when I think about the kiddos wanting to give someone a pass, don't do it. But thinking about that pass in the context of terms and conditions, <laughs> because, you know, it's like, oh, are you giving this person a pass to say this word around you? Because you can't give someone else a pass 
to say something around me because you don't know how that's going to work. <laughs> oh, you know, I, I always say, you know, does, is your parent aware of this? Right. Yeah. You know, that's where we as parents mm-hmm. and not just black parents, but all parents, all parents, you need yes. to be mindful of what's going on around you. Mm-hmm. And we're all busy. Let's be clear. Absolutely. We're all busy, yeah. but we owe it to our students, mm-hmm. especially those that are kids. To just be mindful of what's going on. I mean, you got mm-hmm. social media, you got a whole bunch of stuff going on. Yeah. But it does not absolve you from knowing what's going on. Yeah, we got to know. And parenting is at a premium. Mm. And we have to set expectations. Void of expectations, mm-hmm. you don't know what you're going to get. But if you set a certain bar and an expectation, you'd be surprised what kids can do. Oh, yes. Most kids do not want to disappoint their parents. They just Mm -hmm. don't. And, you know, void of expectations and some of the other things, Mm -hmm. you're subject to get anything. Kids, they want parents to set expectations. Mm -hmm. They may not like it, but trust me, they want it. Because expectations are synonymous with love. There we go. That sounds like a good note to start to wrap up on. But just to kind of rehash some of the big things, some of the simple, though not always easy things that we can do to create Spaces of belonging, smile, learn names, focus on relationships, pause for the people, be present and leave it better than you found it. And invite the discussion. Oh, there we go. I appreciate you taking the time to come in and discuss with me today. Uh, Mike, I, I can't express how much I appreciate knowing you and having you as somebody in my life. So thank you so much for that. Well, that, that goes two ways. Um, <laughs> you know, you, you have left places better than you have found them. Mm. And there's still lots of work to be done. And I'm just a phone call away. Um, yep, I got your number. Got your number, got your but email. But thank you very, very much. This was, uh, <laughs> this was great. Yeah, thank so, you. Yeah. And so with that, I want to thank everyone for listening to this episode, episode seven of the at Homish podcast. Mike's wearing a shirt. I'm wearing a shirt. The shirts are available at the Snohomish Apothecary. I was just talking with Trent. He says he got an online store up. So if we're talking about international orders or anywhere else where you want to get your merch and represent, it's it's awesome. It's powerful. I love Mike's story about stopping over in proper Joe, <laughs> getting a proper cup of coffee and someone asking him about the shirt i get out of my car and someone's asking me about my shirt and so the, the the word is spreading and so i appreciate each of you who listen each of you who support and again if i see you wearing any of the merch i'm gonna i'm gonna stop and have a conversation with you because i appreciate you thank you so much and as always when we wise up we rise up peace out